We have been studying the book of James. It's been a lot of fun, painful at times, but fun. Uh, This morning, however, we're going to take a little break from James. I actually, I had a killer message in James prepared today. It was awesome. But you're going to have to wait till next week to hear it. So you've got to come back next week to hear James. Um, this morning, rather than that, uh, for those of you that don't know, we've had, uh, for my family, and Sarah jokingly kids me and says I'm related to everyone in the church, which I'm technically not, although kind of related to most of them. Um, <laughs> we've had a tough week. Most of you guys know you heard at Easter, if you were here, testimony of... Uh, our, our daughter and son-in-law uh, are, are having a baby via uh, their best friend, Holly, who's car- they're actually having two babies. They're having twins, and she's carrying the babies. And it's been a, a really exciting and, and amazing time for us as a family. And then this week, we kind of hit a little bump in the road. Uh, the, the, the babies thought it was time to come out. Uh, which obviously these buns are in the oven, but they're not done baking. So they wanted to come out, but they needed to stay in. So, so the last few days, Holly's been in the hospital. Um, Donna told me the first day, she goes, they, they have her hanging upside down. And I'm, I'm trying to picture that, thinking, how can they? That, I don't think that's good. They can't just hang her up upside down. But they do have her feet elevated. And we're praying as a family together just that uh, those kids will stay put for a couple more weeks. I won't go into all the details about that. But let me say this. Oh, you guys in your ambiance, you know. Uh, you know, this, is, this comes under the category. Uh, we've talked a lot about this lately. We've been talking about God's will and different things. And, you know, what's God's will and what's not. And how does that all work? And here's the thing. This is not God's will. This is not God's plan. This is not God's purpose. But can God make good come out of tough and bad things? Yes, he absolutely can. He does all the time. And, and, and really, it's, it's what, what Dave mentioned this morning. The thing that's been good for me this week, the last few days, is the realization that we're not alone. And the realization that this really is family. I mean, in, in a sense, good grief. We, we kind of are related. You know what I mean? I mean, we're connected in some ways deeper than family. I, I mean, Hall, I'm thinking about the fact that I, I, we're, we're actually technically not related, but we've literally known Holly her whole life. Donna was in the room when she was born. I mean, that's, that's so, I mean, it's, my, my, you know, it's like my kids are there too. Uh, the other kids are my kids, they're my, it's all. Uh, but we're connected. I told the kids yesterday morning on the side, I go, so listen, basically I think everyone in the United States and some random Canadians are praying for you guys. And Jordan always pushes the envelope. She goes, well, what about the Nicaraguans? You've got to get the Nicaraguans praying for you. <laughs> okay, I'll work on the Nicaraguans. But right now, uh, you know, everybody else is praying for you. And just a reminder to me, it's good to be connected. It's good. This is why we're here. This is why we go to church, because we don't have to go through this stuff alone. I've been in the hospital before when, uh, you know, visiting somebody, and there will be a, somebody in for surgery or, or something, and, you know, a husband or a wife, and maybe the spouse, the other person, is sitting in the waiting room by themselves, just there. And you go, man, that ought not be. You know what I mean? That's hard. When you're by yourself, all kinds of things go on in your brain, don't they? All kinds of stuff. Uh, when, we, when, you know, when you're there and you've got your church family around you, uh, this is what happens. Some of you go, I got a word here, or I got a prayer, or I got a worship song, or I got this. And then you connect it, and so you build up and not let down. So it's just so important to be together. So just encouragement to you guys today. Stay connected, okay? 
Stay connected to the body of Christ. Don't go solo. It's not a good plan. Um, so uh, what I want to share with you this morning, actually, uh, there, the song we sang this morning, God of Miracles, has been uh, really ministered to several of us uh, this week in different ways, listening to it at different times. It's such a powerful song. I have to tell you how I, I first heard that song a few months ago. Uh, I love music. I listen to all different kinds of music all the time, Christian music and non-Christian music. And so I, was, I, I, I subscribed to a website that just sends you free samples of new music. So uh, this thing popped up as Chris McClarney is the artist. I'd never heard of him before. And it's, it didn't say worship. It just said Christian music, and which I almost didn't listen to it because, I, if, can I be honest right now? I don't listen to a lot of contemporary Christian music. I just It's kind of cheesy sometimes. So, but I thought, you know, I'll just give it a shot. I'll try. So I listened to this song, God of Miracles comes on. I never heard of this guy before. And... It was one of those things, you know, sometimes you hear a song, a worship song, you go, man, that's a good song. And you hear it a couple times, you go, wow, that's a good song. Well, this thing, I played it about halfway through. I'm just sitting in my office. I'm crying. And I'm just, the first time I heard it, I'm going, I got goosebumps. I'm going, whoa, man. So I immediately download it. And then about four seconds later, I sent it to Sarah. I said, hey, you got to check this out. This, this is a good song. Uh, my, my dear friend, Don Williams, quoted a term a while back, doxology as theology. And what he meant by that is, and this is, this is awesome, this is about the, the, the body of liturgy in the church today, is really, music is so powerful because when we worship, it's, it's, we're singing declaration of what we believe. That's what we're doing. It's a declaration of what we believe. It's doxology, singing songs as theology. Somebody said to me one time, what does the vineyard believe? I don't know what the vineyard believes. And I go, well, you can, you know, they go, well, they don't have a statement of faith. And I go, well, they do have it. There is a statement of faith. It's on our website. Just look at it. Uh, But I said, if you really want to know what we believe, what I would do is just listen to vineyard worship. He goes, what? And I go, well, we have about 1,200 published songs. So if you want to know what we believe, just start listening to them. You get about two or 300 songs in, and you'll, you'll get a good idea of what we believe. That's what we believe. Uh, that's our theology. It's, it's documented in our music. It's doxology as theology. Whether we're talking about ancient hymns or contemporary worship, that's what it is. I think about, you know, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. What is that? That's a declaration of what John Newton believed in his heart. I was a wretched guy. God saved me. And so now, hundreds of years later, we're still singing that song because he was declaring what he believes. I was thinking, you know, if he just said... Uh, I'm a pretty good guy who deserves what I get, and so God was smart when he saved me. We probably wouldn't be singing that song today uh, because it's not true, right? But it was true what he said. Uh, you know, amazing grace. It's amazing because I didn't deserve this, and yet God did it. So what I want to do this morning, I'll try to uh, do it quick. I'm going to take the, some of the lyrics of this song, God of Miracles, and just run through them with you and just talk about a uh, declaration of what do we believe because it's such a powerful song that's been ministering to us uh, this last week. He, it starts with, Let faith arise in spite of what I see, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Is that not true? Is that, have we not all been there? And, and l- let me just say this. If we're going to be really honest today, most of us live there most of the time. Don't we? I believe, help my unbelief. Uh, you know, I do believe, God. I have faith, and yet, uh, you know, everything I see around me 
It doesn't say that. It says everything else but that. Uh, I'm so, this is, it is, it's biblical. This comes from, he, he swiped that from the Gospel of Mark, um, which, by the way, I'm joking, he swiped it. I mean, that's what worship is. It's a declaration, it's, it's, it's a reflecting the truth of the Word of God, uh, where, you know, a man brought his, his child to Jesus He'd been suffering from demonic possession for a long time. The demon had rendered him unable to talk, but also would throw him into fits and would cause him to, to behave in erratic manners. And Jesus asked him, how long has he been like this? And he says, from childhood. And we don't know how long that is. He could be, the kid could be a teenager. He could be 25. He could be 30. We don't know. But the father was exasperated. This has been going on and on and on. This is what I see. I see my son in pain. And he says, if you can help him, help him. And Jesus says, if I can... If I can, if you can, all things are possible to him who believe. And immediately the boy's father cried out and said, I do believe, help my unbelief. Sometimes what we see causes it to be hard for us to believe. But the truth is this, God's bigger than what we see. I, you know that I was saying, seeing is believing. Um, no, sometimes not seeing is believing. Sometimes what we see is, is not accurate. And we have to believe what God says above what we see, because in, in, in the end, we walk by faith, not by sight. It's not always what we see. Uh, so just keep, keep that in mind as you go through challenging times. Faith is bigger than what we see today. Um, he continues and says, I choose to trust you no matter what I feel. Let faith arise. And, you know, here's the thing. Sometimes faith is a choice. Sometimes we've got to just say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe. Uh, I, I'm going I'm to believe God right now. You know, it's one of the oldest debates, at least since Reformation, 500 years or so, is, you know, this balance between the sovereignty of God and the free will of man. Where, where, where's the line? And this is what I've got to say. I've thought a lot about that. I decided the line's fuzzy. That's what I decided. It's pretty fuzzy. Uh, ultimately, God's in control. He's sovereign. But sometimes I've got to say, yep, you know what, I'm going to go with that. And I've got to make a choice. And I've got I to say, today I'm going to choose to follow God. Today I'm going to choose to believe. Even, even when you know what you know, is hitting the fan, I've got to say, that, that's where I'm going to go with this. And again, um, it's a biblical reality. A couple of uh, passages from the Old Testament in Joshua. If serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then what? Choose for yourselves. Choose for yourselves who you'll serve. The gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates, the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. He, he chose to follow after God rather than the gods of this world. And then in Deuteronomy, um, God gives his people a choice. He says, This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Now, choose life that you and your children may live. And sometimes we just have to choose. I'm going to say yes to God today. I'm going to say no to what everything else is happening around me, and, and I'm going to uh, choose God. Uh, this, this is the line that always gets me. He says, for my champion's not dead, he's alive. Oh, and surely he knows my every need. Surely he will come and rescue me. Uh, I love that line. That's, that's the one I can't get past every time, every single time. It, I, I, could, I listen to it in a car uh, Saturday about nine times, and I cry every time he had that line. I said, okay, I'm like, I can't listen anymore because i got to drive. Um, there's, it's interesting. There, there's uh, two verses in Scripture that talk about God being our champion. Did you know that? I bet you didn't know that. Stick with me. 
Isaiah, the Lord will march out like a champion, like a warrior. He will stir up his zeal with a shout. He will raise a battle cry and will triumph over his enemies. God is a champion. This other one in, in, in Jeremiah, this is funny to me. I'll tell you why. The verse is not funny. The story behind it is funny. Um, New American, it's only a New American Standard does it have the word champion. Uh, the Lord is with me like a dread champion. Therefore, my persecutors will stumble and not prevail. I first heard that verse back in the 80s. We got connected with some prophetic guys from Kansas City. And they were talking about this new breed of people that God was going to raise up. And there, were, there was going to be these sons of thunder. And they kept talking about the dread champions. God was going to raise up the dread champions. And I thought that was such a weird phrase, dread champion. What is that? That's, what is that? That's weird. He goes, oh, it's in the Bible, dread, dread champions. I go, where is it? And they showed me this verse. And I read it and I go, wait, time out. Time. Time, time, time. The Lord is the champion. We're not the champions. There's no dread. Cha- God's the champion. We're, we're the guys that need the help. I thought they got it a little backwards. No, God is a dread champion. He's the one to be feared. God is the one uh, who will eliminate his enemies. And if you read, you know, sometimes we, we forget who the enemies of God are. You know, you, you read the New Testament and, you know, sickness and oppression, those are the enemies of God. The last enemy to fall is death. God ultimately, life prevails in the name of God because of who he is. And so we have to keep that in mind. Uh, and, he, and, and the song, again, going back, says, you know, he knows our every need, and that also is true. Uh, we, we know that God knows everything. God knows our hearts. He knows our needs. He knows what we need before we need it. Uh, God desires us to pray and seek him because he wants that relationship with, with us. He wants that interaction with us, but it's not like he doesn't know. He knows and he cares and he's with us all the time. He knows our every need. And then it says, my God will rescue me. The, the, and that, you know, I, I'm trying to, okay, I'm going to pull a verse that God rescues us and there's only like 300 of them. Okay, so, I, you know, I, got a, I, I grabbed a few, but you just start looking that up and I'll tell you, that'll build your faith a little bit. You know, that'll build your faith. Psalm 34, the Lord will rescue his servants. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. Rise and help us. Rescue us because why? Of your unfailing love. He sent out his word and he healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Do not be afraid of them for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. And as I said, it goes on and on and on. God's with us. God's with us in everything we do. He, he, God, God will not leave us alone. Um. The cor- is this a chorus? I don't ever know the chorus. You guys always talk the bridge and the chorus and the verse. I, it's a, the, okay, well, I'm, I'm not trying to be cool. I'm trying to ask you for help. God of miracles, come. We need your supernatural love to break through. Nothing is impossible. You are the God of miracles. Um, God is a God of miracles. That's the thing I think we have to keep in mind. The whole realm of the miraculous is, is so uh, profound and yet mysterious. You know what I mean? It's powerful and scary. And you start thinking about miracles, and, and you start thinking about uh, what, you know, what the miracles of God, and where do they begin, and where do they end, and what is a miracle? I love uh, this verse in Job. He performs wonders that cannot be fathomed, and miracles... That cannot be counted. Miracles that cannot be counted. I, and you, you start thinking about miracles, and you go, man, uh, God really is a God of miracles. I, this week, of course, 
in, in relationship to what's happening right now, I started thinking about babies. Dave said the other day, you Shredders are into miracle babies. Uh, and, and he was referring to our son Ezra. That's another story for another day. But uh, I started thinking about babies and, and, and uh, miracles. And you know, you, I get, I, I'm getting old. I forget things sometimes. <laughs> you forget stuff. Uh, when you get older, you forget things. Um, but I started thinking about it, and God started reminding me of things that I had long forgotten. And one of them was, when I first went on staff at Anaheim Vineyard, uh, we, we had what we call POC, pas- Pastor on Call. And so what the pastor, Anaheim was a big church and, and very visible. So we would get a lot of people would just come in for prayer to meet with somebody or they would call with questions or prayer on the phone, or sometimes you would get a call for a visitation. Not always people in the church, sometimes people in the church, sometimes people outside the church, but there would be several of those things every day, so that one person's life didn't get consumed by that, we rotated, and everybody took a day of the week. And So it was my day, I was brand new on staff, I'd only been there a few months, and I'm pastor on call today. So the receptionist comes in and hands me a, a slip of paper, and there was a called to go to the hospital and pray for somebody. So, I, okay, I'll, you know, good, okay, I get out, I get to go do some stuff today. And so I go to the hospital, and they, I'm looking for the place, and, you know, the, this uh, was a baby, and the baby was an infant ICU. I don't know if you've ever been in an infant ICU, but let me tell you what, that's a scary place, okay? Um, so they, she goes, you've got to scrub up. So I scrub up, okay, well, I'm scrubbing. So I scrub up, and then she goes, okay, put this on. She gives me the mask. So now i got the mask on. I'm like, Okay, I got the mask on. So I go in this room. They take me in this room, and there's a, a, a gal in there, the, the mother, young, young girl, 24, 25 years old. I don't know. She's got a mask on. I can't really see her. And then there's a you know, thing, and the baby is in, in the uh, incubator or whatever it's called. I don't know. And, and this you know, baby, I love babies. They're chubby, and they're drooly. You know what I mean? And you just kiss and bite their cheeks. And this little guy was not chubby and drooly. He, he was very small and frail, and he was laying his thing, and he had tubes going in and out of him everywhere. And uh, it all of a sudden hit me. This girl looks, you know, hopeful that I'm there. And it hit me, oh, I'm here to take care of this. I'm the guy. I'm the great man of faith. Ah, uh, Crap you know, I mean, that's how I felt. I was overwhelmed. In fact, if you want to know the truth, this is the gospel truth. I prayed for a couple of minutes, and then I had to leave because I thought I was going to pass out. I literally thought I was going to faint uh, because it was so devastating to me what I was seeing. So I walk out, and uh, the, the, the grandparents had just showed up, so I, I talked with them for a minute, and then I went home, or went back to the office and I was devastated. You know, uh, I'm, this was a crisis moment for me because I'm asking myself, what am I doing? Is this really what I want to do in my life? That wasn't fun. I could be out mowing lawns today. I mean, that's what I did before I was, on, I was a gardener. I go, it's a nice day. I could be out mowing lawns today. Nobody dies, right? You mow lawns, right? That's it. So I go home that night. Donna says, how was your day today? And I tell her, I'm, I'm telling her what happened today. And I looked at her. I said, honey, that little baby's going to die. That's my faith level, all right? Uh, and I really am. I'm, just, I'm trying to pray. God, can I do this the rest of my life? Is this really what I want to do? I can't do that. So 
it's weird because I never really got any follow-up. I never heard anything what happened, you know, and I'm, I, I'm kind of wrestling with God a little bit. And um, Sometime later, I can't remember, it was a month, six weeks later, I remember it was a Sunday night. Uh, after service, I was in the children's wing. I think Jordan was in the uh, toddler's class, and I was going to pick her up. And this young woman runs up, comes up, and literally grabs the front of my shirt and yells at me. And she says, I've been looking everywhere for you. And I didn't recognize her because she didn't have a mask on. Um, she goes, I'm whatever. I don't remember her name. She goes, I'm Christopher's mom. I go, oh, good. Great. And she goes, I wanted to tell you, he, he's better. He's all better. He came home. He's healed. And, you know, at that moment, I was not thinking, oh, yeah, I'm the great man of God. No, I was thinking, that's all you. That's all you. My faith was... Uh, not there that day. Somebody w- was believing because that's all you. Um, but I tell you, it made me decide, you know what, I can do this. I can keep doing this. I was talking to my niece uh, yesterday. My girls uh, are born two years apart, and my niece was born right one year in between. They grew up really close, and we've always had a close relationship, and she's been praying for us, and we've been texting back and forth, and I Talked to her yesterday, and I said, you know, I've got a lot of faith and a lot of hope right now, because I remember 30 years ago praying for a little baby, for a miracle to baby birth to survive, and uh, she's a pretty cool kid today, and I was talking about her. Uh, when her mom went into labor, Donna's sister, she developed some complications, bleeding profusely, they couldn't stop the bleeding, and they thought at first they were going to lose the baby, and then they thought they were going to lose the mom. And I just remember being in the hallway praying, and just praying, God, crying out, God, you, you know, we, they, they, the doctors, right, at this moment, I, I love doctors. I'm so thankful for them. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just thinking right now, they're, they're, they can't fix this. You know, they're, they're going to die. Cheryl's going to die. The baby's going to die. I don't know. Who, I don't know. And uh, no, no it, it, she, she, she lived. Everybody's okay. Everybody's fine. And she's a precious little gal today. So I just have faith. I got faith that God is good. Man, this is impossible. God, all things are possible. Chris McClarney got it right. Uh, God's a God of miracles. And he's a champion. And he's alive. He's not dead. And in him all things are possible. So I just appreciate, and again, thank you all for your prayers. And thank you for allowing me to indulge myself and skip James today and talk about this. But it, I'm using my life and our family as a testimony to who God is and what he does, really for you as well. Because... Uh, we'll all hit rough patches in life. We'll all go through times where things get difficult and times when we need to, to be together in one another and in the Lord and times when we need to uh, choose to follow Him. So why don't we stand?